it's rolling. Think that messes it up if I stick it in? I've tried it. It did work before. But let me pray and we'll, we'll roll here. How's that sound? And uh, Lord, uh, thank you. Uh, beautiful morning you've given us. And uh, just uh, good to be in your house with your folks, your word with you, Lord. And uh, thanks for being a God that uh, walks us through the days. And uh, will walk us through this morning, this afternoon, through this day, Lord. And uh, we are so grateful. And uh but remind us, Lord, from time to time, the, the cost. Remind us all the time, Lord, the cost of, of making us yours. And, uh, but we are grateful, grateful, grateful people. And, uh, Lord, uh, find us living a life, uh, a sacrificial life of worthiness to you, for you, and for your folks. And, uh, but we need your help. That's why we're praying. Help us, Lord, and uh, and then help us to help others. And we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, um, a couple things here before we get started. I got the announcement, and uh, I am actually going to take us back to last week for just a second. I mentioned that uh, that I would uh, finish this. Um, and I think it'd be good that I did. Uh, last week's lesson is the second lesson. Um, so if you were looking for that over here, it's actually stapled. And if you turn it to the back side, if you turn it to the back side, you'll see a slide up here that looks like this. And uh, I think it'd be good. Uh, I mean, we could talk a lot on prayer. There's a lot of great questions that that uh, it'd be nice to get into and and keep studying on that. But I I just want to hit this for a second. Does God answer prayer? And First uh, John five fourteen to fifteen uh, says, "In this confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us." And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. And I think we've been to this scripture before. But yes, He answers prayer. And uh, But Whitney brings this comment up, and I think it's something before we, we're not really going to leave prayer, but before we move on to meditation and prayer um, and other things. But he makes this comment, because God answers prayer when we ask and receive not, we must consider the possibility that there is something amiss or wanting in our prayer. And uh, some things that uh, uh, suggested, uh, first of all, may not be our prayer. We may think it's our prayer. But our answer may not be so obvious. And he may be answering in ways that we're not thinking about for several months, I prayed my mom would get healthy. And she's healthier now than she's been in 89 years. She's in heaven. That wasn't how I was praying, necessarily. And uh, But he answers in good ways, because he's a good God. And he's working on all things. And we'll continue to think and work through that, too, as we uh, go through today. And he also made us intend us to persevere. And... Uh, Luke 18 was in my readings here not too long ago, and it's about the widow that just kept kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And I think Ben said the other day, how long do you keep coming? Well, really, and until that prayer is answered or you discover it's not in the will of God. And I, that's a very good practical response. And uh, But he may want, be wanting us to persevere and... Uh, so it's not necessarily a prayer that's wrong or we ought to think about, but just keep praying. And uh, I think it was uh, one of the authors, one of the books said something. It's probably the thing in our culture today that is missing when it comes to prayer is we don't persevere. Man, we're people that, man, we want it right now. Uh, from my food to you name it, my prayer ought to be answered. And... Uh, but uh, just consider that. But here's possibly some things that are missed. I don't want to go into these a lot, but I know you, some of you like to fill in blanks. We could be asking outside the will of God. And 
that that's a consideration. Thought with that is we're not going to know what the will of God unless we read God's word and uh, and study that. We could be praying with selfish motives. James four three speaks to that a whole lot, and uh, actually, uh, James four speaks a lot. Relative, I mean, it's constantly used as um, biblical counseling, and it's a great biblical counseling verse to our verses to ourselves. Uh, Psalm sixty six eighteen, we're failing to deal with blatant sense possibility, and uh, can cause some uh, some hiccups there. Could not be praying in faith, and uh, James one six to eight, I uh, think. There may be some misunderstanding in what that faith is like. And, uh, you know, I'm not praying hard enough, not praying often enough, but, but praying in faith is praying that I have faith in how God is going to answer this. And it may not be how I'd like to have it answered. And, but we want to have the faith to respond in God's will. And uh, not get into long, extended stuff, but... Uh, um, I, uh, we had, some, had a situation not, it's been quite a while ago that uh, um, I was challenged. I wasn't praying in faith. I wasn't praying hard enough. I wasn't praying often enough. And, and uh, I, I, that's, that's not what this says here. And that's not what God says, but pray that my will be done. And trusting in God's will is the best. And husbands, got to throw it in there. Check it out on 1 Peter 3, 7. And, uh, but uh, we need to be understanding and honoring husbands. And I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is a uh, habit of, of Ben's, maybe a biblical counseling habit or whatever, but I love, hey, we're going to mess up. Don't forget 1 John 1, 9. To open those lines of communication and, uh, he is faithful and just. Forgive us. We bring his bring our sin to him. And uh, so we're going to talk about the back part of that here in a little while. So uh, let's go back to this. Let's go back to here, the front side. And Get us lined up for some meditation today. Speaking of Ben, this was a question Ben proposed about four weeks ago. Why do we practice any spiritual disciplines? By the way, anybody have any sweet times of enjoying Jesus through spiritual disciplines in the last week? We talked about, we had some folks share last week. Anybody have uh, something they'd be open to share? A sweet time or a really convicting time that you can recall that uh... go ahead Karen I just want to share um, talking about the memorization because mm -hmm. that's a struggle of mine and especially when I can't remember who was teaching the class it doesn't matter but talking about memorizing it perfectly I mm -hmm. tend to paraphrase and I'm like oh yeah I know that verse oh yeah I know that verse and it's like and then I go back and look at it I'm like oh well I didn't have that word or I used a different word or whatever, but just for me, the importance um, to be reminded of um, memorizing it perfectly, but also in context, mm. because I, um, it was interesting, I looked at um, Hebrews 4 and talking about, let us come before the throne of grace, so I yeah, I know that verse, well, I really didn't know that verse, <laughs> so... Um, coming boldly before the throne of grace and that we receive um, mercy and grace to help in time of need. Well, then it's like, well, what context is it? And why can we come boldly before the throne of grace? Well, you go back a few verses and it's because of what Jesus Christ has done. Mm -hmm. He is our priest. And then it was like, well, then there's a sense and then there's a therefore. Oh, I got to go back to that verse. Oh, I got to go back. I have to memorize all of chapter four of Hebrews. You know, and I just kind of thought it was just kind of a sense of humor of how God is. But how he does use that in my life just to remind me to look at the context yeah. as I'm memorizing. But it brought me back. It just I had a sweet time in Hebrews four just from that one verse and going back and back. And it actually brought me back to Hebrews three even and, you know, and all of that. 
And it was just like, I was glad I had the time that day too, just to be able to, but that was just a, just a neat reminder of, um, yeah, when you get started on one verse, it brings you. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of therefores. There's a lot of therefores and senses. And, think uh, of Pastor so. Denny used to say, if you see a therefore, you probably need to find out what it's there for. Right. <laughs> and in fact, you're going to get into one here in a little bit. Hopefully we'll get in time. One that I really love is, uh, is uh, Hebrews 12, which starts with a therefore, yeah. which Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow. But um, oh, good, good. Well, just, you know, as, as the book says, and as we need to understand, you know, enjoy Jesus through the spiritual disciplines. And talk more about that in just a second. But the answer to this would be uh, we practice in these spiritual disciplines is to conform us to the image of Christ. About 120 times in the New Testament, it's, it's out there somehow, some way. And uh, I still come back to see, to see how, how am I doing for the glory of God. And uh, He's growing us. He's growing us. And that's His work in our spiritual disciplines. I, I think it's an instrument's uh, the Redeemer's hand is talking about the greatest work in a believer's life has to do with change, which is transformation, transformational change, and uh, and uh, for the glory of God. I just like to throw that on there. But we've looked at some of these scriptures, and Romans eight twenty nine I think was talked about first uh, service. So anyway, uh, want to get into some other things here, but let's. Let's talk about meditation a little bit. And uh, I just, uh, um, last week we talked about Bible intake, meditation, prayer. But we could add and need to add godliness and application and even blessing. Some of us are going to be blessed without meditation and prayer. Um, that's... What's the theological term of that kind of grace, Ben? It's helped me out here. Oh, it's grace upon top of grace. Grace, obviously, we don't deserve any grace. But there's some grace that non-believers have too, and uh, and they're blessed in that sense. I was trying to think of that word and forgot to look it up here. But help me out, guys. Common grace. Common grace. There we go. It's common. But uh, but anyway, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this today, and uh, I don't know these arrows can probably probably should go back and forth, but um, but a couple things that uh, I like us to uh, consider is is that, um, and I'm even going back here, and Ben put this up here. Keep this before you, and there's no arrows going any direction there, and. Uh, but our minds, our emotions, our wills, even as, and we could put a lot of verses up here, but Joshua 1, 8, and 9, uh, I mean, we see the Bible, right? We see the word meditate. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful. There is the to-do, that would be, the application of some kind, got something to do, applying, according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That could be some blessing there. Have I not commanded, be strong and courageous. That would have a lot to do with godliness, wouldn't it? And uh, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And... Uh, I don't think when those two golfers that I've maybe have mentioned before were walking down the fairway, uh, two professional golfers in an, um, in a match where they were, uh, it was overtime, it was, uh, and I, I can't remember the two golfers, two Christian golfers that were buddies, and it was one against the other, just two of them. And they had tied on a Sunday afternoon, late Sunday afternoon, and the they could pick up with the microphones as one was hollering from one of the sides of the uh, golf fairway the other 
to be strong and of good courage. And pretty soon it came from the other side, guys getting ready to hit, be strong and of good courage. And it kept going back and forth and people were wondering, what is that all about? And, uh, but uh, a good use of scriptural memorization and, uh, and, uh, and, and godliness, hey, go, go hit this golf ball in a godly way and uh, approach it from a godly way. Be strong and have good courage. But um, anyway, this is the ESV. Be strong and courageous. But, uh, and then I would also say this, and this is interesting to me. Um, from a theological standpoint, um, God's word is lined up with indicatives leading us to imperatives. And you'll see it when you go to service. You'll see it when you read God's word. In other words, I, I kind of like I, I located this. The indicative uh, is who we are in a relationship with God. Praise God for that. You are saved. But all over God's word, he reminds us of that. And then he tells us his imperative, his commands. So as we look at going back here, not just look at it, but meditate on it, pray about it, read about it, but understand, enjoy God's grace as you do it. So these are habits of grace. And uh, um, I, I love Romans 12. We're gonna, you'll have some Romans 12 this morning. As I love, I love Romans, and in, in first eleven chapters of Romans, really is just a great theological extrapolation of the gospel. And I wonder, I don't know, I wonder. I've been told this that this is perhaps, but then we get to verse or chapter twelve, don't we? And chapter twelve is you need to go love, you need to go do it. Some of the imperatives. So the indicatives through 11, and uh, do I have this marked right? Yeah, I still got that in there. But uh, but I love what it what it says in Romans 11, the last few verses. Check it out. It's called a doxology, and it goes like this. And someone has challenged me to think, why did Paul put this in here? And he thinks he was just meditating. Maybe he was just meditating on what he just wrote in the first 11 chapters or thought about that. Maybe we ought to think about that. The unbelievable grace of God in those first 11 chapters. And he just went off on praise and worship. He says this, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been His counselor? Who has given a gift to Him that He might be repaid? And then the last verse is, For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. I, I wonder what's going on through His mind, His heart. And even getting into the will after that, how's your will, guys, with 12 through 15, I think. There's, but he's praising God. and some, He had to be doing some meditating, obviously, through all of this. But, I mean, I, I think of Philippians 2, where we're called to work out our salvation right after he presents the gospel in a, just a great way. Right ahead of that was, hey, consider others more important than yourself. But, hey, this, is, this was what God did for you. And... I don't want us to lose sight of that as we get into some of this, okay? And I, I just, uh, I, I think I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't say that, but uh, it, it really is, you know, the back and forth of, of the makeup of, of us, and uh, we're made to worship and, and so forth. So today as we talk about meditation, we're going to be doing some raking, not so much as digging. But even, Karen, as you talked about that little jewel that you pulled out, that's in the context of some raking. And, uh, and, but we're going to look a lot at digging today. And um, I, I, we had this metaphor oh, a few weeks back, but uh, Mathis had said this, 
yard work, raking and digging, there is a place in Bible reading for raking and gathering up leaves. But when we dig in the Bible study, we unearth the diamonds in meditation. We marvel at the jewels. And I just, uh, for just a few minutes, I just want to talk about meditation. Then we'll spend a little bit of time on maybe what that might look like. And then hopefully I'll have time to do a little practice here too. But uh, just uh, I, one of the authors said maybe the most misunderstood and mismanaged part of these habits is meditation. And, uh, and I, as I've read quite a bit, even in the last um, few weeks, I, I, think, I think it really hit me yesterday morning at the men's, the men's breakfast. And I'm sitting right across from Ralph Bauer, who I consider to be, um, when it comes to uh, godliness and C2C and highly sanctified guy. And Ralph says, I need to meditate more. Oh, man. If Brother B needs to meditate more, I need to meditate a whole, whole lot more. But, uh, but he made that comment. And uh, didn't he, Tom? You were sitting with I, In fact, old Tom, I said, everybody kind of said, Tom, if he's got to meditate more, I got to meditate more. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. And uh, Bible meditation. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I need 10 times, whatever he needs. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just love him, and I love how he loves the Lord, <clears throat> serves the Lord, and uh, and he's sitting there with his magnifying glass on reading, and probably can't hear, and he's still out there serving like crazy, and has for a lifetime. Praise God. Definition for. Biblical meditation, deep thinking on truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purpose of understanding, application, and prayer. And maybe more than that, but at least that, huh? How is it different than other religions? I think one of the authors mentioned this. I, I think this was, was pretty good understanding. You were made to meditate. You were made to meditate. Human beings are, we've got minds to think and think deeply. But other religions have brought this meditation to a little different level, a little different style. And, uh, and probably we can talk a lot about that, but uh, here's probably the biggest difference. And uh, we are meditate, so nearly all religions speak to it difference with Christians instead of emptying the mind, which is a lot of the meditation that's out there. We fill it. And... Uh, so what's that look like? I, I love some of the analogies that were some by, by a couple of the authors here. Uh, how about we get some tea drinkers? Uh, and maybe even coffee drinkers uh, could speak a little bit to that. And, uh, but uh, here's one of those analogies, like a tea bag, a Bible brew. The mind is a cup of hot water, and the tea bag is God's word. More frequent dips of the bag, the more permeating its effect. That's an interesting metaphor to me. And I'm a coffee drinker, and I was—I think I was telling Teresa here yesterday. I, I get a pour over about once every time I go to Texas. Well, a couple times when I go to Texas, because we don't know about pour overs, and uh, I know some of you probably pour over your coffee. And uh, but my Matt has introduced me to pour overs here a few years ago. And Dad, you want to pour over this morning? Yeah, sounds good. And I, I enjoy about any coffee. And my mom was a Folgers drinker still. And but that pour over is pretty good. But I he said it's a timing thing. Am I right? I don't know. That's kind of what I've is that right, Morgan? It's a timing thing and right temperature and. But it's, it, it's a time. And, and speaking of time, uh, before I go any further, i got to mention, time is a deal here. Some of us were over to men's. We had a half hour of time yesterday from Ephesians 5, I believe it was. And, uh, and I want to tell you, this: what you're going to see today and what you've already seen, it's, there's a time factor. We talked about that, didn't we, Tom, in our group. It is, there is time. And, uh, you know... Maybe that's the uh, 
there's a scripture that Jamar used, spoke from, preached from, taught from, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Are we wasting your time when we meditate? We read scripture and pray and consider what God might have for us. The next verse is, therefore, do not be foolish. There's the application in it. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And uh, so as we speak to some of this, keep that. It, it, there, is a, there is a time commitment. And, uh, and how many seconds do we get a, a day? 6,400. 6,400. Yeah. 86,400. Yeah, we, we were kind of holding Jamar to that yesterday a little bit. Well, we had fun with that. But how about this one? Fire of God's Word. And I, I love these words the authors linger by the fire until it warms your skin, your muscles, your heart. Jeremiah 23, 29 talks a little bit about the fire. It's not... Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord. Been like a hammer. But uh, how about this one? Water washing. The tree of your spiritual life thrives best with meditation. It helps you absorb the water of God's word. They're just slowing us to each of these. Ephesians 5.26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of word, water with the word. And... Um, so what I'm going to propose, and there's a whole lot more we can look at, but uh, I want to throw some methods, suggestions from some of these authors. And, uh, you know, I, I like Pastor's suggestion here the other day. You, you've been reading the Word. Sometimes you read it out loud. And uh, one of the suggestions, and I'm not going to talk much about it, or I'm not going to talk probably any about it until right now, and, and we're going to, but they suggested uh, reading it out loud and emphasizing certain words. And uh, but uh, but really, start with some broader reading, then select a passage that catches your attention or leaves an impression. I think it's a good suggestion, and it's been it's been really good for me. Um, even if, like with Karen, you you were at, at one small passage, but it led you to the context of a of a broader reading and. Uh, so we're raking, but then we're digging, and then you dug on that one. But read big, meditate small. I mean, look back on Joshua 1, 8, 9. Just meditate on that a second. Now, we can't do that, can we? We've got to have more than a second. But look at it on the other side there. Is there one part that sticks out? Probably different for me than it is for you. Depending on our circumstances and situations, we'll talk more about that in just a second. And doesn't that be anything I underlined or bold? Is there something there that hits you right off? And I say that you might want to dwell there for a while. Soak it up. Soak it up. Anybody getting hit with one of those parts of that, those two verses that God's just saying, hey, I need to consider this a little closer. I'm not golfing right now, but for me, probably it is a strong and courageous. Yeah, the Lord your God you, is with you wherever you go. Mm. So it's you know nonsense for me to say I, I forget that God is with me, right? I mean, I know all about His omnipresence, but in the spiritual amnesia that we often live yeah. in, you know, we just forget that, yeah, God's here. There's nothing. Uh, he's with me every step. Yeah. God doesn't put that. I mean, God puts things on your hearts and minds through your word, your situation, and uh, He knows what you need. He's working. He's working. He's at work, as Philippians 2 says, and it's what everywhere else. Romans, um, in all things, God works, Romans 8. But, uh, yeah, some good stuff there. All right. But think about that. Think about that. And um, I, uh, we got some Bible recap, folks. Anybody reading the Bible, do the Bible recap beside my Teresa here? See? Who's the author of Bible Recap? Um, Tara Lee. Tara Lee has a 
one short. It's called a God shot. Here's my God shot from the day. And I don't know if that would be similar to, she's, I mean, she, she have a book or two of the Bible that she'll recap. Here's what's hitting me today. Here's my God shot. To me or probably to who it might, but what's your God shot today? What's God's speaking to you about? And, uh, and then here's the memorization. We've talked about that. It stimulates meditation. We seek not only to understand what we are memorizing, but also there's that word linger. Feel it, even apply it. It's one of the things we've already talked about. But uh, it stimulates that meditation. So memorization is so good. Oh. I'm growing in it. I'm growing in it. I had a long way to go. But uh, just challenge you to suggest some of that. How about this one? Longer, you might develop a, a thesis statement, best for perhaps larger pieces of Scripture. I mean, we've got three verses there. You're probably familiar with James 1, 2, and 4, or 2 to 4. Could you summarize that in four or five words? How might you summarize that? It might be different for Karen than it is for me. Suggestion, anybody? What's that saying to you in about four or five words? Mm-hmm. God promises a journey that He has the control, and I think that whenever we meet trials, I think it's pruning us in mm -hmm. our spiritual gifts. Yeah, that's just here's, and uh, we're going to talk about journaling here in a little bit. Write it down, and uh, but at least I'm I'm condensing it into uh, have a thesis statement of some kind, just something to consider, and. Uh, and we talked about this one a few weeks ago. There's a lot of ways to interview the Scripture. I didn't use the word interview. I like that word. Just saw that here a week or two ago. Interview the Scripture. This Discovery Bible study. What's it tell me about God? And I'm going to focus, meditate. What's this, what does it tell me about God? Or what does this tell me about people or me? Or how will I obey? Who am I going to tell? But you're asking the Scripture some questions and asking the Lord, hey, Lord, help me to figure out what, what's going on here about God, me, and obey. And then maybe who am I going to tell? But just, just some suggestions. And I like this one. We should listen, study, think, reflect, and ponder Scripture until there is an answering response in our hearts and minds. It may be one of shame or joy or confusion or appeal, but that response to God's speech is in truly prayer and should be given to God. Again, that was uh, Keller, who Ben shared with us a few weeks ago, isn't it, Ben? And I, I like that. And just, some people have used like a cow chewing his cud, but that's, I don't like to think about that. I, uh, I'd rather think about warming myself and continue to warm myself until I get some kind of response. It may be a, a response to confusion. I don't know. Maybe cause me to go study. Um, if I've got to get to work or something, I've looked. I've. I'll come back to it tomorrow. We'll look at it a little closer. Might be different circumstances, but uh, meditation. And uh, let's spot, let's spend some time talking about application, looking for application, even as we probably you've been doing that. But how does the text speak to my current issue or question? And uh, but. Going in looking for application. Let's talk about application a little bit because we've talked about it with some of the other uh, thoughts here. And, and uh, But first, I've I got to ask a question. I think we all have to. Do we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture? And Because uh, if we don't, I don't think we're going to get here. I don't think we're going to expect an application. And I... Second Timothy 3, 16, 17, we've talked about. Second Peter 1, 3, it's pretty much uh, summarizes the same thing in, in the sense that uh, um, he grants us all things pertaining to godliness, life, to the knowledge of him. But do we expect, expect an application? Long time he... Years ago, Pastor Tom Watson, quoting here, take every word as spoken to yourselves. 
when the word thunders against sin, think, not thing, think thus, God means my sin. When pressed with any duty, that'd be the application, God intends me to do this. A medicine will do no good unless it be applied. Yeah. Now keep that in context with this. All right? But God's word is live and active. And uh, we'll talk more about the Holy Spirit here in a second. What about Spurgeon's comment? We may be certain that whatever God has made prominent in His Word, He intended to be conspicuous in our lives. I mean, He's got He's got work going on when you're meditating, and I think sometimes we miss that because we don't linger there. We don't linger there. But uh, how about this? any conspicuous things in your life that God has made prominent from His Word lately. Anything going on out there recently? Or even first service. You were in first service. Wednesday morning, I'm in Luke 19. I didn't have to get very far. But it's where 40, verse 41 through 48 was my reading that morning. And uh, it talks about Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. I don't know what that might do for you, but that morning, and I'm wondering, man, I'm after an early meeting, I'm sitting and peeking at a coffee shop, and I'm thinking, no, I guess I was actually at a huddle that morning early. And, uh, you know, do I weep over Pekin? Do I weep over DMAC? I'll, I'll share a little bit more of this here in a second, but I uh, it was conspicuous to me. Yeah, I love those kids. Hope they're saved. Walk through the Pekin High School. Got a lot of kids at Pekin High School. I probably walked out there without thinking about a soul. And I, I say that to my I was convicted of that, and uh, but I was pretty busy. Didn't have the time really to think about that, you know. But uh, what's he doing with his word? What's the Holy Spirit doing with his word? Just something to think about here. How about this? Context of speaking to you personally. Keep in mind but seek to understand first how God's words fell to the original hearers. We need to consider that. And we could talk a lot about Bible study and so forth, but just a couple of thoughts when you're talking about application and how they relate to Jesus' persons and work and then bring it, then bring it home to yourself. So just a, a couple of thoughts there. We could talk a lot about application and, uh, and so forth, but just, uh, just a little exercise. Is he speaking to me there? Well, not directly, is he? It's not a direct command. Not a direct... I mean, I could be in paradise soon. Who knows? But... But there is application in there. That someday... I repent and put my faith in Christ. I will be in paradise like the thief on the cross. That would probably also push me to read some scripture ahead of that and before that too, which would be great. But uh, could I take... I mean, have you ever thought about paradise? Have you ever thought about heaven much? Man. It's nice to be here with you folks right now, but... As I go out to schools, I said, it's nice. I was at Metamora the other morning. Hey, it's nice to be at Metamora, but can you imagine Metamora without sin? Oh, went to a game last night. Saw Christian kids all over the floor. Springfield Calvary against Peoria Christian. There was sin on the floor, Karen. There might be games without sin. Wow. It was a sweet game last night. It was fun. But thinking about paradise. That might cause you to jump into Revelation a little bit more, too. Wow. 
But uh, there's application. But not like this one. Because this one says, Scott, just like you Romans, do not be conformed to this world. I was at a huddle here a while back, and the youth pastor was speaking to Morton Jr. I said, don't be a muffin. Because muffins conform, right? I never heard that one before. Don't be a muffin. But be transformed, Scott, by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's more direct, isn't it? In understanding the Bible and so forth, I mean, we've got a lot of teaching aids. Uh, I've got a study Bible. You, you can get, there's all kinds of stuff out there online and so forth. This help, help us understand more of that. But uh, just some thoughts. Uh, Whitney says this, misunderstanding of verse leads to misguided application. Still, the biggest problem is not comprehension, but lack of action. Keep that one before you. The words of Scripture must be understood to be applied, but until we apply this interesting comment, but until we apply them, we don't really understand them. I need to, that's not Scripture, but I need to throw that around in my mind a little bit. Obviously, James 1.22, the Nike verse, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Our heart is warmed by meditation, and cold truth is melded into passionate action. Um, all right, and then the last thing I want to talk about here is, this may be a combination of things, is pray the text and journal. All right? And uh, um, I don't know, anybody journal out there? I do. I've been for a while. And uh, it's been fantastic for me. I mentioned that to you. Ink it to think it stuff. And uh, pray through the text and ink it to think it. And Ben just said, you're not doing this alone. You've got God, the Holy Spirit, holding a divine light over the words of Scripture to show what you cannot see without Him. Think on that thought a little bit, too. Praying with the text is a Christian's invitation for the Holy Spirit to hold divine light over the words of Scripture. Let me just throw a couple things at you real quick. What does journaling do? Slows us down. So we have more time to express the depth and thoughts of our feelings, maybe be more honest. Shows us our motives. Maybe our heart of sin. It could be a mirror to our sin. We write it down. We have more time to consider that. It really helps us in our meditation. Uh, it helps us remember the Lord's work. So we're writing it down. And uh, as we get that spiritual amnesia thing, we leak. Spiritual heritage. I uh, told a few people with, with my mama. She was... She was writing some memoirs when she passed. And uh, she was writing some memoirs between the time when my older brother was born, I think 18 months after they were married, but the time, the 18 months there, we didn't talk a whole lot about that. She didn't share a whole lot about that, but we got, and it was right on her desk when she passed. She was just getting started, I think. And it uh, wasn't a lot of spiritual heritage, but it was kind of neat. Now, I think when we do that, sometimes we can have the wrong motives in that. You know, uh, hey, I'll, I'll leave my journal for my kids. They can see how godly I was. No, we don't want that motive. That's my glory. And uh, but uh, what's that song? Legacy is came out a few years ago. I want to leave a legacy. Uh, I want Jesus to be the legacy. It's a great song, particularly for us glory junkies. Monitor spiritual disciplines, but I think this one really hit me because we got a lot of thoughts about the Bible about application and so forth but for me it helps distangle clarify articulate but I like that word dis disentangle what's going on here from God's word and it helps me in that sense think about that 
Christian life from Whitney is by definition a living thing. If we can think of discipline of the Bible intake as its food and prayer as its breath, many Christians have made journaling its heart. And then he says this, for them it pumps life-maintaining blood in every discipline connected with it. Yeah. I just consider it. Please consider it. I told you that I do some journaling. I won't have us open up to Luke 19, but here's some of my prayer over Scripture. My Lord, you wept over the city. And where I specifically have Scripture or paraphrase Scripture, I put quotation marks. My Lord, I don't weep over my city. Forgive me, Lord. Let me weep now for Pekin. Oh, Lord. So many here that don't know, quote, the things that make for peace. It's part of the scripture in there. They don't, quote, know the time of your visitation. Oh, Lord, their, quote, enemies will set up a barricade, end quote, end quote, tear them down to the ground, end quote. They will be destroyed. Oh, my Lord, let me weep such that I'm drawn to proclaim and live for you as an ambassador to those whom the gospel is, quote, hidden from their eyes. Quote, make for peace in their lives, please, Lord. Lord, do that for my town of Mackinac, my school of DMAC. Use me as you see fit. Then, Lord, as I visit Canton Junior High and Dunlap Middle School tomorrow, open doors for FCA and Quote, make for peace in the lives of students there. Please, Lord. And uh, then talking about some other folks I've been praying for salvation for. You, the God of, quote, peace, open the eyes of their hearts as well. Unhide their eyes, quote, by Lord, and so forth. And uh, so I just, just some opportunities to think about if it works for you. It will take some time. It does take some time. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Bible isn't specific about how long, how much, how. The Psalms are maybe some examples of what we might consider some journaling. But uh, it's your journal. And uh, whatever helps you, it, it's interesting. And every chapter in here, it's interesting as a, a just... Spiritual dip, disciplines, dot, 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 for the purpose of godliness. Bible intake, dot, 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 for the purpose of godliness. For the purpose of God, purpose of God, purpose of godliness. It's there. And uh, perhaps journaling for the purpose of godliness. So, with that, we need to go back to the very back page of Lesson 5. And you see over on the right side... It has Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, there's a therefore, Karen. What's it there for? Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I've asked students, who are your witnesses? I mean, there's Hebrews 11, got a lot of them. They're pretty good witnesses. But you got any that have skin on? There's one of mine back there. Been a great witness to me for years. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. You wouldn't have any of that, would you? Ah, probably not. Probably speaking to my wife. Not me. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before it, you're hearing the indicative, aren't you? You're hearing the indicative that's going to lead to your imperative. Lay it down. Lay it down. That weight and the sin that so we cling so closely. But look to Jesus, founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised and shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. All right? So we were going to have time, but... Anything we always run out of time, don't we? He thought it was just Ben's issue. It's so if you're doing homework, there's your assignment right before you there. 
prayer, pray the scriptures. By the way, maybe some of you, this first got introduced to me, well, maybe before that, but uh, Don Whitney is a uh, prof down at Southern Baptist Seminary, and actually uh, this book was given to me by my son-in-law. Yeah, for Christmas, 2019. But uh, great book. I think maybe we gave this out as a monthly resource one time yeah, as well, probably after I got it. But uh, it is it's a, it's a great book. It actually, it actually really focuses a lot on praying through the Psalms. And, uh, but praying through and, and I journal them, um, just, just consider that. But uh, as you meditate and do some meditation, okay? But if your homework there, uh, you've got Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, or if there's a psalm that you'd rather do, do a psalm. Send it to Ben or I, and we'll share it uh, amongst ourselves. And uh, if you'd be interested in sharing it when you come back, I was hoping maybe we might have some time to write it down and share a little bit. But uh, just consider that, all right? Thoughts, anybody, before we dismiss? Well, let me pray to that good guy. Can we do that? Lord, uh, you are so good. And Lord, uh, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes you ask us to do hard things, to be strong and of good courage. Oh, Lord, how good are you? Even you ask us to do the hard things. Lord, uh, you are so good, even as reminding of uh, the hard thing you did on Calvary. And, uh, um, and yet, even as we read, what is the joy that was set before you, Lord? Was it us? Us in heaven with you? Got me meditating on that a little bit, Lord. The Lord, help us to meditate on your word. It is so, so good. Let us linger on stuff that you have for us. And even as we work out our salvation, not work for it, but work it out, Lord, you immediately say you are at work in us. And uh, so, Lord, we invite you to do that work the rest of this day for some that are heading into the next service, but all day today and throughout this week until we come together again, um, actually in two weeks. But, uh, but thank you, Lord, for being the God that leads us through these days. By your word, through your spirit, in the name of Jesus, amen. All right, folks, thank you. Ben, the, uh, the lesson on um, you get private worship? Yeah. Oh, I better shut that off. Yeah. <laughs> That's right after Easter. Yeah, oh, right. Easter's like March 31st or something. And then when is, you know, there is the 31st. Did it go off? Oh, it's April, all Saturday.